This is Women's Tech Radio, a show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they're successful in technology careers. I'm Paige. And I'm Angela. So Angela, today we are interviewing Tara Soma. She is a coach, um, an executive coach mostly, and also a team coach in the IT collaboration space. And I met her working with the women in tech space in Portland. Awesome. Before we get into the interview, I want to mention that you can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash today. This supports the entire network, including this show. And there are, I think, 11 or 12 shows now on this network. And it's amazing. And a lot of them are technology based. So if you're interested in expanding your podcast listening, go check out some of those shows. And uh, to get started in the interview today, we asked her to tell us about her role in technology now. My current role in technology is supporting people who are working in technology to become more collaborative and supporting teams in general. And I also have a specific interest in helping women. I think we need more women's voices. So weaving that into everything that I do. So what does does it look like to help people be more collaborative? It comes about in two ways. One is through coaching an individual one-on-one, executive coaching, and I also work at a lot of different levels. And then I do team development stuff. Sometimes that's teaching people how to engage conflict more effectively. Sometimes that's actually working with the team alongside them and pointing out things while they're working. Um, A lot of times meetings get so off track unless there's a trained facilitator. So I come in and I'm not just saying, all right, let's stay on track, but I'm actually looking at what are the dynamics that are going on that get people off track and how can we get people back on track and um, the underlying power dynamics that come into play. I'm working with those a lot so that we can get more creative ideas and also all the interpersonal dynamics that help people collaborate more effectively. I'm developing those. So how did you end up there? That's a really interesting kind of unique role, like that sort of coaching and meeting. I, I, would, I kind of want to call it meeting debugging. I got into it sort of in a random way. I was working at an e-commerce company as an analyst and the HR director who super savvy guy said, Tara, what is it that you really want to be doing? And I didn't even know that executive coaching was a field at the time. So I said, well, I'd really like to teach executives to do yoga and have that help them be more effective in their jobs. And he said, oh, you want to be an executive coach? It's like, oh, I didn't even know what that was. So he introduced me to various people who do similar type work in the coaching realm and in the professional development realm. And it's just started this path of getting the certifications that I needed for coaching and starting to work more on the team side than the coaching side, because I really like the interpersonal play and developing that path, just a very much more of a journey than following a specific goal that was already set out. So leaning into different things, studying everything from Zen to Sufism to adult development theory. And it's just been a process of understanding things very organic. That's awesome. I love wrapping that in. I've actually been myself kind of really on a a journey of like trying to wrap more than just technical documentation into my career. And Zen is one of the things on my list as well. Um, Although I have found that it's really difficult because being a technician, I expect to be able to like pick up a book and especially having like a more Judeo-Christian background, I expect to be able to pick up a book and see like, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And Zen is like the exact opposite (laughs) of that. And sometimes it is like infuriating. Right. 
but very yeah, I find that that exact opposite is actually what's really helpful for helping people learn how to move into ambiguity because our world is so crazy and complex and it's unnerving. But there is also that ground of, uh, okay, what do I do now when you don't have the specific guidelines of how to go? Yeah. And the answer is listen. Yes. <laughs> that is always the answer. Do you have a meditation or mindfulness practice? I do. Um, I actually, I get a lot of anxiety if I do sitting meditation. So I actually do a moving meditation practice in the Sufi tradition. Hmm. What does that look like? It involves um, breathing. It's similar to yoga is probably the thing that people will understand the most, but it's not as scripted as yoga. There's a scripted intro of about five, 10 minutes of moving in a way that just connects me to my breath. And then it's actually moving into more um, organic, just following how my body wants to move. And um, it's a really beautiful practice. Definitely takes some time to get into, but a beautiful practice for working with anxiety and trusting intuition. That's really interesting. I haven't heard of that before. It's yeah. kind of cool, though. I actually have a similar problem, especially I have kind of like the, the ADDs, if you will. And um, I like uh, kind of Tai Chi in the same moving meditation. Like, But for me, this be, being a developer and I like very clear paths, the scriptedness of the Tai Chi is, is very helpful for me to turn my mind off. Yeah, I can totally see that. I'm going to have to do some research because I don't know any of these. Like the practicing mindfulness that I do is I just like I lay in bed and listen to music that I that has no words and I don't know like by heart, although I'm starting to and like just close my eyes and just lay there. And I've I've had a couple moments, but I interrupt myself like when my thoughts start free flowing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how did I even like think of that? And I pull myself right out of it. Like so. I need, definitely need to practice it more. That sounds beautiful. It, it was. It was amazing. It really was. It's happened, it happened uh, several times. <laughs> Not Just a handful of times I was able to achieve that, and it was really cool. The elusive flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think that it's been really interesting to see how many people, how many successful people I know have a mindfulness practice, and whether that's you know, Sufi movement or Tai Chi or mindfulness or actual you know zen meditation if you will like Mm -hmm. but just how they incorporate that do you is that something you also teach out with your coaching clients it is and I work in it depends on how open they are so sometimes I do it super subtly I just offer a suggestion and if they're more open then I'll be more explicit about what we're actually doing yeah I've heard that from several people that kind of that's why the term mindfulness is coming about I think because it doesn't sound like meditation right yeah yeah it's a very non non-denominational term if yeah you will. yeah it's a, a secular term maybe yeah secular is the word so how did you like because i know you're very passionate about um we we, we worked together recently on a uh, the actw conference which is accelerating careers of women in technology and uh, <laughs> i know that you're passionate about tech and like how did that passion come into your life like did you grow up with a lot of tech were you a, a developer like what does that story sound like I actually grew up in a family that was really interested in um, any any type of technology. Um, my parents, my father especially, is just kind of a tinker. He's actually a farmer. Um, that's how he makes his living. But I think if he weren't a farmer, he would have been kind of a mad scientist. So mm-hmm. there was just uh-huh. that tinkering, playing with things, figuring things out. But ironically, as a woman, I was not really encouraged to follow that path. I grew up in a family that was very interested in, you know, women have very traditional roles. 
So I've had to do a lot of pushing against that. So I didn't actually go the developer path. Um, I've worked mostly on the business side. My, you know, the probably the most technical thing I've done is write SQL queries and um, as an analyst. So I've always been interested though in being around the development of technology because it's so fascinating. Just the things that we're capable of doing and the passion that people have and being around smart people is amazing. And smart people creating cool stuff is like double amazing. I like I like thinking about it that way. Smart people creating cool stuff. Yep. <laughs> that your description reminded me of uh, Belle's dad, Maurice, in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> the tinker. Yes. yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, very much. I can totally see that. So, so growing up with that kind of like built-in, we're going to go a little deep here. Growing up with that built-in patriarchy, do you think it gave you a, a, a leg up? Like I actually spent a lot of my youth doing very masculine things. You know, I worked at a garage. I did a lot of things like that. And I feel like, you know, coming into the tech community, it actually gave me kind of a, a leg up and a thick skin. And I, I hate that I have to use it sometimes, but I, I've noticed that it really has impacted my career to have that ability to just kind of stand up and be one of the guys, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And I see it as very much um, a double-edged sword. So on the one hand, and I've always the same been kind of a tomboy play out in the dirt and I would rather play with the boys because they were doing fun stuff instead of just playing with dolls. So there's always been that thing. And I think that's really helped me in a lot of ways because I can just be one of the guys and everything that comes with that, you know, the pluses and minuses with that um, has been hugely helpful. And I also don't think of, you know, when I was working at Lucent Technologies or working at eBay, um, eBay was a bet better gender equality, but Lucent Technologies, I was one of two women on the entire team. And I didn't really realize it until later and I looked back, I was like, oh yeah, I was just, there really weren't that many women. So I think there is that just capacity to be one of the guys is hugely helpful. Um, and the thick skin, I would say the double-edged sword of that is that I'm also really sensitive. And it's very strange because I don't feel it so much defensive in myself, but I feel really protective of other people. So if there are other women around and their crude comments made or um, they're not given opportunities and I feel really protective and defensive of them. I share that. Mm -hmm. I definitely, it, I will rarely speak up for myself because of the thick skin, but I will, I will not hesitate to speak up for someone else. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you've kind of been tangentially involved in technology. Have you found it kind of more difficult, less difficult with kind of how you wrap, wrap yourself into the community or affecting the community? Cause I know you kind of reading through some of the things that we've talked about or that you put in for the interview, like you're interested in helping women in technology careers. Like mm -hmm. how does that impact you? My work as a consultant means that I'm outside of the team a lot. I tend to integrate into teams and become somewhat part of the team, but there is always a sense of being the outsider and then not being a developer. While I can understand most of what they're talking about, there are some things that I just don't get. So there is a little bit of that outsider trying to understand the inside. I think that outsider perspectives gives me a lot of power because I can actually impact the system rather than being a part of it. But there is that sense of never quite being in the middle of it and having, not having direct impact, whether I'm leveraging other people and helping other people grow. So I'm not actually creating something, I'm just helping the process with that. And then from the outside, um, it's the total mother lion protector thing, um, really watching out for women. I'm actually working with a client right now and there's a woman in charge of the group, but there are a lot of men that are coming in that have really strong personalities. And I feel like so, so protective of her. I can't really 
make her do anything, but I really want to influence her to have the right power to not get overrun. So it's the it's an inter- kind of like I would think like a mother, like I'm trying to do the best that I can, but then I also have to just let go and let whatever happens happen. That's interesting. It kind of reminded me because it's not the same, but it's similar. All of my jobs, I floated and wore many hats and I always had direct input on whatever was going to happen. Like a lot of them were smaller companies, but even at McDonald's, like I was really good friends with my manager right away and um, she let me help with some technical aspects. And But then at a more recent job, the owners that were all men, it's coincidentally, or just, you know, mm-hmm. um, they would all meet behind closed doors and I had no input. And, and that was weird. It felt really weird that I wasn't part of that. And uh, so that, that took some adjustment for me personally, because I always felt like I had input. (laughs) Right. Anyway, so it's similar, but different. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds so frustrating. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think it's, it's just that balance of like, you know, we talked about this in one of our other interviews of the, like, if you see behavior like that, like, we have to say something and it's it's really yeah. difficult sometimes to to be willing to stand up and kind of stick your neck out and say hey guys you know this this you may not realize it but um you're cutting me out right. or you're you know you're using language that automatically puts me on the defensive because you're saying i'm emotional or i'm not coming at this rationally or just some of the things that are kind of built in with the way that society has typically viewed women and especially coming in to a workforce as a minority that mm-hmm. you have that that impact and stigma. And I was talking with another friend and we kind of talked about, um, you know, getting women into technology, just getting them in trickle by trickle is not the answer. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yes. it's just going to create the same problem that we see now where women are leaving technology in droves because they don't have the support. They don't have that network. And, you know, if you're you're in that company and you're one of two or you're one of one, it's it can be you can you you can kind of suffer a lot of friction, even even if you don't realize it, that there's there is there is a gender gap mm-hmm. and that's OK mm-hmm. and we yeah. can change it. Mm-hmm. But we have to speak up. We have to say things. We have to come up with different strategies. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the tricky things is that there are effective ways to say things. And then there are things that just come out because we're so frustrated and that creates more problems. Right. So, so you should meditate first. Yes. <laughs> like that, that is like, if I'm feeling this, I feel like saying this, I should practice mindfulness right now because I shouldn't say that, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I definitely, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> yeah. And then there are some times that you just have to have that. Sometimes that explosion really makes the difference that needs to happen. And like you said, I think it was Paige said, you have to be willing to stick your neck out. So it's mm-hmm. totally finding that balance. It's not easy. And and that's the hardest part is I, I, I hate that it's not easy. You know, the, the mother lion in me wants it to be easy, especially by now, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I talk right. about one of the reasons I do Women's Tech Radio is because I've talked with girls recently, like this year, with 16-year-old girls who come in to some of the meetups I run or I just meet like through other things. And they're like, yeah, I've never really considered like programming or technology or whatever, because that's for boys. And I'm like, seriously, it's 2015. Like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Trust me, you can type just as well as a boy. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. It was surprising to me. Like, I really kind of felt like, you know, I'd been involved in initiatives to help girls get into technology Mm -hmm. many years before, you know, up to 10 years ago. And I was like, yeah, 10 years ago, we needed that. Yeah, holy crap, we still need it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's well, amazing. Yep. And I, I think that's also true for the class gap, you know, not just to put a gender barrier on it. Like there's plenty of mm-hmm. 
other people who need to get into technology? Like these careers are accessible. Yeah, I think that that's one of the really interesting things. Like when I look at, you know, Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, I fill that class gap, which is not all of us have nannies at home taking care of kids. Um, there's definitely, that, that's a big thing for me along with the gender lines is that not everyone has the same opportunities and how can we equalize the field? Because technology is such a great equalizer. And so is raising a family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and now we, not only do we have jobs in technology, but we have the technology to allow you to stay home. Right. Raise your kids and work. Yeah. You know, and you know there was a couple of years ago, a big, or maybe five years ago, a big push for work at home. And then all of a sudden it just whoosh, went right back the other direction. Like, yeah. no, nobody can work at home. I was so sad seeing some of those big corporations, like, because they yeah. had really mismanaged the process. Right. Because it is, it is like we talked about with Darcy, like, it's all about the process and how we communicate mm-hmm. and how we keep on the team. And, you know, remote work is not the devil, but it's mm-hmm. not the answer yes. to everything either. Like, it has to be a carefully managed process. Yep. Right. Yeah. For me too, collaboration is such an in-person thing yes. that there is that balance of how do you get, and I'm also an introvert, so I need my time alone and my space to do my own thing. And I'm so much more productive at home and collaborating in person is a thousand times better. The sparks are just so much more intense. So it is a balance and it is a process of figuring out. Yep. Although, you know, even having people come into an office at, at a medical supply job that I worked at, um, we were divided. Customer service was upstairs and purchasing and shipping and receiving were in the back downstairs. And it it, it totally created the us versus them mentality. And I, I had to work with customer service on that. Like, OK, stop. Like, we're not your enemy. We're on your team. Like, we can do this. <laughs> so there's still but it's even worse, I think, possibly in when you're remote. Yeah, I, I've kind of had the opposite experience, actually. Really? Because, yeah, because nobody is together. We're all together. Oh, interesting. Huh. Like, because nobody's sitting. And actually, in our office, um, in my company, we have a small home office. and uh, But I would say probably 85% of the company is remote. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're scattered all over the U.S., even sometimes all over the world. Um, but because we don't have, we don't build that kind of, like, team mentality of us on our floor. And, like, mm-hmm. even some of my friends who are in, like, the gaming industry where they're, like, they have their Nerf guns at their desks and they go on raids to other departments <laughs> and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. it definitely creates that us versus them mentality where with the the full remote team, we're all just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're a team. Like, mm-hmm. this is how we do it. And we all understand that we're all doing it together. Right. That's a really cool perspective. Yeah. It's, it's not always what you think it will be. Yeah. It's a great new way to break down silos. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that, but I like it. Cool. I like I like remote work and I'm also an extrovert. So it's a, an interesting challenge for me where I get less work done at home. So uh, I tend to work at coffee shops and things like that because it's just enough buzz in the air. Right. It could be the caffeine. Nice. <laughs> right. Cool. Well, Tara, um, the one thing I did want to know because you kind of got an, a unique role that we haven't talked about yet with the coaching is uh, what kind of software tools do you use in your day to day? a good question the big thing for me is just staying organized so i'm trying to figure out the best way to do that it's you know tracking all the different things that i have going on with clients i use lean kit somewhat um, which is cool it's kind of trello like but it's a lot more organic i have a friend who's actually developing cardsmith which will be a really cool uh, strategic thinking project management task management uh, tool. So I'm super excited for that to come out. 
And then, you know, of course, email, etc. cetera. Um, I, my iPhone is definitely my best friend. It has everything on it. I track, um, what is the, I think it's called like AT tracker where I actually have all of my different clients. And then I just push a button when I start working with them and then it tracks the hours and I end and that makes it really easy for me to invoice. Nice. Yeah, which is super helpful. I, my iPhone, literally all the cool apps I have on my iPhone are the lifesavers. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. And, yeah, thank uh, if you. If people want to kind of find you, maybe they're interested in coaching or anything, what's a, what's the best way to find you? SomaCollaborations.com is my business site. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn at uh, Tara Soma, and it's T-E-R-R-A Soma. And then uh, Twitter at Soma underscore Tara. And that'll all be in the show notes for everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women's Tech Radio. Don't forget that you can find full transcription in the show notes on jupiterbroadcasting.com. There you can also use the contact form and email us directly by using the drop down to select Women's Tech Radio. Or you can get us at WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at heywtr.com. And if you're interested, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And if you have a spare moment, leave us a review or some feedback with the contact form. We'd love to hear what you think, ladies.